Welcome to Ono, oh Ross, and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, claims of the paranormal. That would be ridiculous. No, we take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. Oh, hey. Carrie, how common a name is that? <laughs> well, that's a good question. You know what? I was just looking at a list that Social Security compiled of the most popular American names of the last hundred years. Okay. So it's it's actually funny that you'd mention that. But I didn't think to look up my own name. I will right now. Carrie. Not there. Let's see if Ross is there. Nope. Okay. I'm looking at a list of female names from the uh, U.S. Census Bureau. Okay. Carrie's... 129. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I would imagine it's more common. Yeah, me too. Y'all are probably wondering why the hell we're talking about this. A Ross shows up 282 for Oof. male names in the U.S. Yeah, right. So, so hey. You we think there's we, a lot of Rosses We don't in have the most common names. Yeah, probably in, I would imagine, Scotland. Oh, is that what it is? Well, at least it's a Ross. common last name there. Ah. Yeah, okay. which is where my first name comes from because it was my great-grandmother's maiden name. Was her first name Albert? Nope. Hmm. Albatross. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I hope you uh, that, leave that whole pause. Yeah. In. <laughs> yeah, that took a while. That did. Yeah, why are we talking about this? We're talking about this because we went to see a medium the other night. Yeah, and it's always fun to talk about names. But <laughs> this wasn't any old medium. This was an evidential, evidential medium. medium. And we like evidence. We do. And we both wear a medium. I wear a lady's medium. I wear a men's medium. It's, it's perfect. It's true. We should tell her we're mediums also. <laughs> Write her an email. We did make that joke during this performance. <laughs> she said that everyone there is a medium. Yeah, I'm a medium. Yeah, I'm a medium. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> It's, it's the little things. It's a joke that only you and I will laugh at. <laughs> the little things. It really so, is. Or it's the medium things. So you found out about Cindy Kaza. Yes. Performing. And th this was kind of the interesting thing. Not only was she evidential, but she performs at comedy clubs. I saw her listed as a comedian somewhere, but I couldn't find any videos of her doing stand-up or anything like that. But I wonder if maybe that was kind of her scene already when she discovered her profound skills yeah which came first the psychic or the comedian the median or the comedium okay yeah <laughs> yeah she could call herself a comedium but she's not trying to lay it on thick with the comedy so you bought tickets on gold star oh and i should say this was recommended to us by friend of the show drew spears excellent you know goldstar.com you can use the promo code oh no and it won't do anything for you <laughs> but you absolutely can you can you could try <laughs> <laughs> anyway it was uh, originally 25 dollars per ticket right but we got it down to 16 i think hey, hey. why not all right we know how to, mm -hmm. how to discount our investigations we know how to save nine dollars but then have to drive an hour and a half out of town <laughs> yeah and was, have to pay for two items it was off in oxnard and for those of you who don't know southern california geography at rush hour on a tuesday that is a long ways to go. It is. Although I went up early so I could try out this vegan restaurant that had vegan fish stuff. It's like fake fish sandwiches, fake fish and chips, stuff like that. Guess yeah. what? Bad. Mm. 
don't bother. First disappointment of the night. Although I think I probably don't like real fish either, so maybe I'm a poor yardstick. Yeah, I was driving towards that restaurant, and then you texted me and said, (laughs) no, just don't. Yeah, don't come here. Not worth it. And at this comedy club, the Levity Live in Oxnard, California, there was a two-item minimum. Typical for a comedy club, but we're here to see a psychic medium. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Two-item minimum for a medium. (laughs) <laughs> Interesting. So I thought, okay, well, I'll just eat there. Yeah, that works out. And the show started at? It started at 8 p.m. Doors at 7. And so what is an evidential, evidentiary, evidentist medium, Ross? Well, I think maybe we've discovered the connection, at least for that terminology. When you sent me the link to this performance, you also sent me a link to a YouTube video where she was talking in a car to a a radio host. And she talked a good game about wanting to be honest as a psychic. Mm -hmm. They were talking about hot readings and looking people up in advance. Yeah. And she even mentioned there had been a group of skeptics who had gone around and created fake profiles online to sort of bait these mediums and mm-hmm. they'd fallen for the bait and i happen to know who she's referring to we both do uh, susan, susan gerbic, gerbic with friends like kenny biddle and some others they've strategically done this they've had these fun little operations where they set up a sting of sorts but go to a lot of trouble to create an online persona mm. that has all of the sharing of just normal memes and graphics and status updates living in these profiles for a year or something to create a real lived in person and then sign up for one of these performances and then maybe comment on the Facebook group for that performance and say something like, I can't wait to go. Maybe Uncle Joe will come through. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, really hoping I can talk to grandma tonight. And then if you follow the link to their pages, you'll get more little pieces Mm -hmm. of the breadcrumb trail. And uh, they were able to catch a few psychics in the act. Did they say anything in the moment? Did they say, oh, you looked at my Twitter? Not in the moment. No, but they got evidence. They got that recorded and then could later on do the direct comparison. Oh, here's where that information came from. Yeah, that's very smart. Yeah, so uh, so well done, Susan. So hot readings are the process by which a fake psychic goes and just does basic research about you so that then she can wow you with facts about you she couldn't possibly have known because you forgot you put them on Facebook. And this used to require some old-fashioned detective work, actually kind of looking people up, using the phone book, whatever other methods. Or oftentimes you'd have psychics using a very similar method would have people in the lobby beforehand Mm -hmm. fill out a card. Who are you hoping to talk to tonight? Then that would all get fed back in the psychic. Hide microphones so you can hear people talking to their friends. Right, yeah. Other ways to get this information that's verified and meaty. That's exactly what a psychic wants. Yeah. As opposed to cold reading, which is where you just go in and all you've got is your interaction with that person, mm-hmm. with the sitter and their posture, their the clothing, the things that they say, and maybe some techniques that make it sound like you know more about them than you really do. Right. And so uh, usually it's some mixture between the, the cold and the hot reading. So Susan and the gorilla skeptics done a great job of exposing psychics who use that. And Cindy, in this video, she was saying, ah, first of all, okay, fine. Those mediums should have been exposed for that. But also those skeptics. I mean, look <laughs> at them. They were just going in looking for Who's things. Who's got the time? I'm going to go talk to ghosts. Right. So it was interesting. She was kind of like wagging her finger on both sides of that aisle. Mm -hmm, Saying, you know, I focus on, yeah, really establishing that connection. There are good people on both sides. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's not quite the same. So I thought, okay, all right. Well, she takes her craft seriously. I, I watched some other YouTube videos with her. And in one, she mentioned that she studied at the Arthur Finlay College in Jolly England. Yes, London. Uh, so we looked this up and they offer a number of courses and they seem to have quite a focus on trance mediumship but also evidential mediumship. Okay. She seemed to find a lot of credibility from having been to that school, you know, where these matters are taken very seriously. So I'm guessing she's taken that coursework and said, oh, I'm an evidential medium. So an evidential medium is someone who convinces you that they have this power by telling you things they couldn't possibly have gotten through hot and cold reading techniques. It is proof. It is better than your average psychic. Maybe she walks into the room and she says, oh, oh, I see a flower. Is it a poppy? Okay, yeah, over here there's a poppy. Whoa, that's your last name. Right. What? And and she, I'm trying to think of something no one could know about me that I'm willing to say on air, but now I can't think of anything. (laughs) That you haven't already in 214 episodes. (laughs) Right. And she has an expired carton of orange juice in her fridge. Whoa. And I'd be like, that's true. Would be impressive. Yeah, for sure. But- strange that the spirit world would communicate that <laughs> and i think this is this is an, Im- an important thing to keep in mind when consorting with a psychic is why would the other side be conveying this information right and i think we'll maybe experience some of that but yeah when i first heard of the arthur finlay school i was thinking it sounds fake on two levels for me because it sounds kind of like art vandalay oh, okay like the seinfeld george costanza's name. go-to for Vandalay Industries and whatnot. And then also remind me of Chuck Finley, the fake name on the show Burn Notice. I don't know if anyone's seen that. Now we'll get messages from people who like Burn Notice. All right, so we showed up and you you had gotten there first. So I met up with you in the back of the room. It could have gone farther back, but still she had a good crowd. Yeah, I think she pretty much sold out. Pretty close to 200 people, Mm -hmm. 150 to 200. And in other interviews, she had said that's usually the size of the crowd she's dealing with. So Mm -hmm. yeah, good turnout. Yeah. And especially as a medium, you want that. You want like a large group where you can pan left and right and kind of move around the room and let people make connections. So before you arrived, I talked to the women who would be sitting next to you. Mm -hmm. I was Uh, on the left. You were on my left. We were on the back right-hand side at kind of a, a bar. So we were on stools. We were house right, stage left. Whereas the people in front of us were generally at tables together right and it's like any other comedy club you've been to you're ordering food people are coming around in the dark taking your orders you're pretty squished in yes so the women who would be sitting next to you they looked over and saw that i was reading and so one of them said oh what are you reading and i showed her the book and she said well we're just happy to see young people reading because we're both writers Ah. and uh and we both have books too and they showed me that they were carrying books and I said, oh, what do you write? And one of them was a mystery writer. The other... Like she wouldn't tell you what she writes? <laughs> no. It's just going to be a mystery. That's not what I mean. That is not what I mean. I'm surprised you didn't understand, but I bet what she do writes you write? mystery it's novels. A, it's a mystery. I can't tell you. What kind of novels? <laughs> mystery. It's like in the Brady Munch movie, oh, what are you a model for? Guess. Um, Oshkosh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> 
Anyway, okay. So then the other woman was a graphologist, a handwriting expert. Oh. I got her card. Oh, good. I was going to say, you should have gotten her information. I was did. it the woman who was right next to me? No. Oh, because I really like her. We She's esta- cool. We established a connection. I saw the book that she had, and it was about the afterlife and pets. Yeah. So I, I was pointing that to you. Oh, oh, look, Carrie. And you're like, oh, I know. <laughs> uh. Believe you me, I can sniff out any book about animals. That's funny, because I walked in after this with a book of my own. I'm reading Sam Keen's The Bastard Brigade, and I'm so excited about it. What's it about? It's about a motley crew that included JFK's older brother and a baseball catcher and uh, various other military professionals who were tasked with stopping Hitler's effort to get the atomic bomb. Whoa. Okay. And uh, Sam Keen has a background in physics. Uh, Anyways, uh, he's one of my favorite authors, and I'm super excited to read this one. How about you? I had Trick Mirror with me, which is a very popular book of personal essays right now. All right. All right. So what about this psychic? Yeah, Cindy Kaza. So she did eventually come up. They'd been playing a lot of exciting, high-tempo music that you would normally play for crowd warm-up for a comedy act. Yeah. Yeah, she came out. She's thin, brunette, very pale skin, mm-hmm. and she has her hair kind of up in a bun, but mm-hmm. one large lock of hair just sort of swept over her face, sort of covering most of one eye. That sounds right. And she was wearing a black, you called it a... Jumpsuit. Okay. Like the top part looks like a little black dress. Uh-huh. But then the bottom part are it's long flowing pants. pants. Yeah. And then on and top of that... a silk wrap. Yeah, like yeah. a pretty kind of floral wrap. Very elegant. Yeah, that was elegant. She's a very pretty lady. Well done, Cindy Kaza. So when she got up there, she said, wow, lots of people here. I'm super pumped. Yeah, yeah. And she asked if people had seen her before. A lot of them had. And she asked if a lot of people have done this before, meaning like seen a psychic. And a lot of us raised our hands. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. And then she said, you might think this is weird to do it at a comedy theater, but I don't think so. I think laughter is the best medicine. Am I right? We're all clap. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. I'll buy that premise. Yeah, sure. I mean. You just have to write a line in how you handle these interactions with loved, dearly departed ones who maybe did not die well. Yeah, that's true. All right, comedy club lady. Have at it. <laughs> so she told us that she had her first extrasensory, if you will, experience at age 10. Oh, yeah. A friend, another child, had died and came to visit Cindy in her bed one night. Yeah. And uh, she had told this story in a few of the interviews, too. So this yeah. is just her origin story. And every time she mentions the sixth sense, because, yeah, it was like the yeah. sixth sense. You know, you see the apparition. There they are standing at the foot of your bed. And it freaked her out at the time, and she wanted it to go away, as they so often do. But now it's far subtler than that. Right. On one of the interviews, she said, she was as real as you are to me. Like to Not her. a semi-transparent person. Right. But now it's more she'll get kind of the hint of someone, the feeling of someone, maybe hear a little something in her head, maybe get a slight visual, but it's not a full-blown apparition standing in front of her. And she kind of broke it down for us, let us know that she is all of the Claire's. She's clairvoyant, (laughs) uh, which means she can see. She's clairaudient. She Mm -hmm. can hear. And she is Claire... Knowlton. That's our friend. Oh, right. Claire sentient. Ah, right. She can feel things. Also, she said that we all have some level of psychic ability. Yep. And, you know, every time you feel those shivers in your back because you sent someone there or you smell a smell that didn't seem to come from anywhere, that little bit of perfume, that's a sign that you have those latent abilities. Just, you know, anyone could be a concert pianist, but not everybody is. 
And so it's just about whether you embrace your powers, which she did in her mid-20s, though at the time she never thought she'd be a stage psychic who was traveling doing this kind of stuff. I would have believed her if she said she was still in her mid-20s. Oh, sure. And then she said, now listen, if you don't get a message tonight, it does not mean your loved ones aren't here or that they won't talk to you. There's a lot of you. It just means it's someone else's turn tonight. Uh huh. And she said, but at the same time, make sure to acknowledge if I do name someone who is close to you, you know, don't leave me hanging, even if it's not someone you were hoping to talk to tonight, even if it's someone on your F list, you Mm -hmm. know, that you came in hoping for the A list, at least acknowledge it. And if you you don't want the message, by all means, tell me, yes, you're correct, but I don't don't want to receive that. Yeah, no, thank you, ma'am. Then uh, she'll move on. Now, she did say a couple times that she believes in God. Yeah. I thought this was clever of her. I assume it's also true, but it seems like she knew, well, some of my audience probably is uncomfortable with this whole thing and yes. has been brought here by someone else and is like, I don't know, I'm a devout Christian. I don't know if this is okay. I'm going to yeah. put you at ease and tell you I'm one of you too. We saw that a lot when we went to a Teresa Caputo performance. Mm-hmm. She's also just Miss Oh Love God and Country, right? And uh, even Sylvia Brown, yeah, she <laughs> believes in God as well and calls herself a Christian. I'm trying to remember. Did Teresa Caputo also pray beforehand? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't have a clear recollection of yeah, that. I think she might have. But boy, every time they say that, I really want to break that down. Like, okay, yeah, so you believe in let's talk God? Yeah, but is this the Judeo Christian God? <laughs> You're doing uh, Trump hands. Pull this apart. Does this God interact <laughs> with the world and intervene in human affairs? Does he answer prayers equally amongst Protestants and Catholics and Muslims? Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Does he answer them in China? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I just really want to break this down. Okay, what does your God actually look like? Because the people who believed in my God growing up would not want to talk to one of your people. And the old Bible basically says demons are real, psychics are real, but they are bad. Yeah, you should not suffer a witch to live. Yeah, but we went ahead and suffered her to live. We did. So- we're, we're nice that way. <laughs> So she said that her experience of getting these readings is like playing Pictionary, Charades, Hmm. and Telephone all at the same time. Hmm. So she'll hear, feel, and see all at once. Which, you know, now that I think of it, I also hear, feel, and see all at once. Whoa. Yeah. Multitasking. (laughs) Impressive. I assume she meant the ghosts, though. Yeah, but she's also... I don't know, introducing something of a fudge factor, at least Mm -hmm. just saying there's a lot coming in and I'm trying to sort it out. And, you know, fair enough. Maybe that's just how it is. Sometimes I have to close my eyes to listen intently. And then she said that the voices in her head, the way they appear, do sound like her talking to herself. Her internal monologue. Which I thought is interesting. And then she said, the only way I know if I'm not talking to myself is when you respond to what I'm saying. Okay. Which is actually like kind of a bit of an, an admission. Yeah, just thinking about what we're about to experience that night, I can't think of any time where she said, oh, that must have just been me talking to myself. Absolutely. In fact, she does the opposite. She doubles down. Oh, does she? Yeah. Oh, and triples down. (laughs) So, yeah, she said it's way more subtle than what you see in Hollywood. And then she gave us some newbie guidelines. Mm -hmm. She had seven big rules. So the first one you already mentioned, claim your people. Don't just leave me hanging while I'm talking about Mm -hmm. your Uncle Frank. And you know I'm talking about your Uncle Frank, but you hate him. The second one. Say something. Right, right. And of course, the second one is you shall have no graven images. (laughs) And the third one is you shouldn't talk about Fight Club. (laughs) Uh, No, the second one is you might get a message for friends and family who aren't here tonight. Okay. Yeah, so we're really broadening the base here. 
Yep. We so- get 200 people in this room and everyone they've ever met. Wow. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, all right. Just keep that in mind. Number three, the name could be for someone who's still alive or has passed. Okay. So she might say, mom died of cancer. I'm getting the name Pat. But that could mean that the mom is Pat, which would be great and she'd take credit for. But if you're Pat, that's also a connection. Or maybe you have a connection, someone else you mutually know who's not even related. But if their name is Pat, that's also, she's got you down, Pat. (laughs) That's also relevant because she'll make that connection. Just let her work with it. Everyone kind of like giggled at her funny delivery of this. And then she was like, I know, that's a really good example because Pat can be a man or a woman. We're like, we get it. (laughs) Mm-hmm. We get it. Move on. But speaking of, my new friend Julia Sweeney has been listening to our show. So <gasps> hi, Julia Sweeney. Hi, Julia Sweeney. Oh my goodness, I'm uh, Twitter pated. She's so wonderful. She is. And I'm dreamy. Facebook pated. Oh, I get you. I get you. It's rough. All right, uh, number four. Oh, this is my favorite thing. She calls this piggybacking. Yeah. So she said, listen, your loved ones are smart and they're efficient. They see that, okay, there's 200 of our people in this room tonight. We only have 90 minutes. And they get together on the other side. They say, hey, you're John. I'm named John. Hey, you were a lawyer. I was a lawyer. You died of a heart attack. Me too. And so if I say... Hey, does anyone know a John who was a lawyer who died of a heart attack? All of a sudden, two or three hands go up. That's called piggybacking. All those Johns got together on the other side. (laughs) And they said, let's go play Pictionary with this lady at the comedy club. (laughs) Instead of what you might think is the more logical explanation, which is you picked a very vague description. Yeah, and she had the most excellent example of this. She said, oh yes, it was amazing. Uh, A few years ago, there were two women in the audience and they both had dads with the same name and both of their dads had the same job and they died in the same way and they both had secretaries with that exact same name and even a golden retriever. And I had said, I said, (laughs) I'm getting either Skippy or Skipper. And one of them was named Skippy and one of them was named Skipper. Skipper. Oh, my God. Wish I could have been there. (laughs) And Carrie leaned over to me and she said, and one of them was Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) The other was John F. Kennedy. (laughs) It's true. If any of you have ever seen that list of all the supposed similarities between Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy, some of them are correct. Some of them are overblown. And some are very silly. Like, there are this many letters in the middle names. Okay. Right. But I remember I had a cutout of that on my wall as a teenager and I thought that was super cool I had a friend who had a numerology thing up on her door that was about 9-11 it was like 9 plus 1 plus 1 equals 11 oh my god but then like 9 plus the two towers equals 11 again but 9 plus 1 plus September plus blah 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 and it was just like this is meaningless (laughs) but 9 plus 11 is 20 right and 2 plus 0 is 2 oh my god Back to the Twin Towers. Nine divided by one divided by one is still nine. Yeah. But nine divided by 11 is nine over 11. (laughs) Nine (laughs) elevenths. Oh, no. Uh, Okay, I'm not even going to try to figure that out. (laughs) All right, so rule number five. Don't try to fit square pegs in round holes. This is just good life advice. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) It's a waste of time. Well, unless you're in a real hurry and you got a hammer. I once spent a solid month trying to get a square peg in a round hole. I'll never, I'll never get, I'll never get that time back, Carrie. Eight years into this, (laughs) fuck. (laughs) So this is good advice if you're trying to 
persuade me that you are not trying to pull the wool over my eyes. Right. If you are evidential, very good. Good. Yeah, she doesn't want you to do too much work for her trying to... Oh, I want this reading to be for me, so I'm, I'm going to squeeze that connection. You said Pat, but mm-hmm. my brother's name is Matt. That's for me. She's mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. Come on now. Yes, we'll, we'll run into this later. And number six is she will never force a message on anyone. So if you don't want the message, as we said, acknowledge that it's for you, but you don't want it. And then rule number seven, don't give too much evidence. She might stop you because you're giving her too much data. She's like... She's an evidential medium. Yeah. If you start filling in the gaps for me, how am I supposed to prove to you that I'm talking to the dead? And we didn't say beforehand, we were wondering whether she would try to hot read us at all. And you left something I for did. Her. Yeah. Sorry to everyone who follows me on Twitter because like 45 people liked this and I felt bad about it. So I do that Goodreads reading challenge and every time I finish a book, it's like, do you want to tweet it? So I do. And so this last time it was like, I'm on book, whatever, 35 of 52. And then I replied to it and I said, as my grandmother Tilly would have said, were she still alive? If you do anything with this life, Carrie, read, read, read. And a bunch of people were like, oh, Carrie's grandma Tilly. Didn't have a grandma named Tilly. But I thought Maybe. that would be a very easy thing to pick up on. Yeah, if she looks at your recent Twitter feed, oh, yeah. Grandma Tilly. Yeah, She's going to show up tonight. But will she? We'll find will out. Will she? Hello there, ghouls and gals. It is I, April Wolf. I'm here to take you through the twisty, scary, heart-pounding world of genre cinema on the exhilarating program known as Switchblade Sisters. The concept is simple. I invite a female filmmaker on each week and we discuss their favorite genre film. Listen in closely to hear past guests like the Babadook director, Jennifer Kent, Winter's Bone director, Deborah Granick, and so many others every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Tune in if you dare. (laughs) It's actually a very thought-provoking show that deeply explores the craft and philosophy behind the filmmaking process while also examining film through the lens of the female gaze. So, like, you should listen. Switchblade Sisters. So then she asked if there were any people who are skeptical of psychics out in the audience tonight. So I kind of half raised my hand, but I was toward the back. I don't think she saw me. She saw one person over to stage left, our side, toward the front and kind of said, oh, well, good on you for coming tonight. And in those videos I had seen of her earlier, she had been nominally very open to people expressing skepticism, Mm -hmm. saying, God bless you. And that's great. Go ahead. That's fine. Be skeptical. That's good. Yeah, she said she loves skeptics. Just, you know, stay open. They're they're wasting their lives, but I love them. <laughs> I did notice that the people who raised their hands were mostly men, and there were so few men there. Yeah, you pointed that out. It was mostly women there. Mm-hmm. It, it was a good mix, I would say, of ages. There were young people. Yeah, yeah, uh, there was a good age spread. Uh, but you, I would say a, a pretty homogenous racial makeup. I'd say most of the people were white, but not all. Yeah, maybe quite a few Latino people there. Mm-hmm. Latinx, I would estimate maybe 70 or even more percent women. So many. It's always more women than men in almost everything we go to in this sort of spiritual realm. Yeah. But I would say this was even a little higher ratio than usual. A lot, lot of women and can only assume some of the men were just sort of brought along like, well, you're coming with me. Because <laughs> you need to make peace with your mother. So she said sometimes she'll be pulled toward one table and she might identify you by your clothes. So please be aware of what you're wearing. If I'm saying lady in the red dress, know that you're wearing a red dress. And she refers to her GPS frequently. That's what sort of guides her. So 
She said her GPS may be imperfect at times, but she could be saying something that would be relevant to the person right behind you. So right. always be paying attention. Be ready. If she's looking in your general area, you know, the, that counts. The spirits, they all, you know, they're all jockeying for attention. Right. All right. So let's get into it. First, we're going to give a huge round of applause for our friends on the other side. Woo! We've got friends on the other side. Oh, yeah. What is that? That's a Disney song. Princess and the Frog. Oh, Princess Dr. and the Frog. Dr. Facilier's song. Okay. Uh, shouted Toomey's name. Toomey! Oh, nice. All right. Let's get into these readings. Yeah! First name she got was a Frank or a Francis. Yeah. And it was a heart attack. Somebody who died very quickly. And she said, I'm getting drawn toward this gentleman with a button-down shirt, maybe in this back area. And it was toward us, too. And I'm, I'm kind of looking behind me. Oh, no. She's pointing at the guy with the stripy shirt. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she's like, anyone in this back area? Anybody? No one's really responding. And then finally a woman says, kind of. <laughs> kind of, Frank or Francis. <laughs> yeah. Cindy's like, no, I don't like kind of. I like, yes. Then the woman says, well, you know. My father was Frank, but he took his time dying. Yeah. <laughs> He's still dying. <laughs> now, um, uh, she said, my father-in-law kind of matches that description. But he's not named Frank. I do know a Fred. <laughs> She's like, no, no, no. Okay, that's too far of a departure. And then someone said, well, I had a father who was a Frankie, but it wasn't a heart attack. But he did have heart problems. And apparently that one's close enough for some reason. Mm -hmm. She says, okay, okay, slight misinterpretation. Okay, well, he's pumped to be here. He's got a great sense of humor. Good man, right? She's right. Like, yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he had good morals. He made a point to instill good morals in you and your brothers and sisters. And he always gave back to the community, right? They kind of nodded with that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. He wasn't an asshole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then she asked if they were currently living with a woman with dementia. Yeah. I'm sensing there's a woman with dementia connected somehow. You're like, ooh. No, well, our mother had dementia, but she died two months before he did. Ah, uh, okay. Well, that's okay. <laughs> that's it. And that's I fine. felt that. She kept saying, yeah, that's okay. Like, yeah. that's, that's good enough for my purposes. Right. <laughs> it's so weird. She, like, she, on the one hand, she wants you to be like, okay, like, she's holding higher standards than the usual crowd. And then on the other hand, she's not. But holding she'll let, higher she'll standards. let you know when the bar has been met. Oh, right. that's, that's all right. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Very often someone would say like, oh, but my brother's still living. She'd say, that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Like, he's sending you a message anyway. No, she that, quite it's all that. right that he's not dead. Right. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> so she said, okay, yeah, that's okay. Uh, your mom and dad are together on the other side. So that's awesome to know, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you. No. She said they've You've been given me that mental image of right. them together on, on the <laughs> other side. Good. And she said it was a long, long love. And that woman did seem touched by that. She said, yeah, 70 years oh, in her voice. Oh, yeah. Cracked. I'd say that would be our first solid hit. Not a yeah. hard guess, but at least in terms of the emotional impact, you could tell that yeah. meant something yeah, that's to the true. hearer. That's true. And then she said, would you have lost a brother as well? And she said, nope. <laughs> and Sydney's like, oh, okay. Well, I see your mom holding a baby boy. And again, the woman says, nope. <laughs> Yeah, and she's like trying to milk this, like, well, maybe she had a miscarriage early on that you didn't know about right. or something like that. And she's like, I doubt it, but maybe. But then there was a woman next to her who had, in fact, lost a son. And so it turns out the woman next to her is holding her baby. Yeah, this is so slippery. It's so yeah. easy. Oh, someone sitting next to you 
can relate to this statement. Okay, well, it just so happens they're consorting on the other side in heaven or wherever. And like the mother who died is like, hey, Janine. Can I hold your baby? Yeah, can I hold your baby? Because I know that our kids are going to be sitting next to each other. At at, a comedy comedy club. club. Yeah, how does this work? Yeah, this says some weird things about what happens in the afterlife. (laughs) But uh, Cindy said, the mom also says, no more bed sores on the other side. We all had a good chuckle at that. Yeah, I don't think there was any vociferous response to that. Right. Seems like a fairly safe guess. Sure. Someone who had dementia was probably pretty aged, probably in bed a long time. Mm -hmm. And so she started to move on. But this is another thing she would do throughout the performance. She would say, wait a second. Okay, wait, I I missed something over here. There's something else. There's another. One more thing, like Columbo would say. So then she said, well, is there a Mary? I'm feeling like there's a Mary here. (sighs) And those particular women she had been talking to didn't have a Mary. Never met anyone named Mary. Sorry. But someone else at the table did. Go figure. It was a woman who was Latina, Hispanic, and she had a mother named Mary. So then Cindy says, and she was Catholic, wasn't she? Okay. Mm -hmm. So I looked. And emotionally guarded. (laughs) Right. So I looked this up. Uh, 57% of Latinx Americans are Catholic. And just a decade ago, it was 70%. So not a hard guess there. Yeah, pretty safe Um, guess. Uh, She probably had an important message though, right? Yes. No, she does. Mary says hi. Oh, that's great. We've established a connection with my my dad. Oh, no, that's the whole thing. Oh, okay. Bye. She she says hi. (laughs) Yep, that's it. Hi, bye. (laughs) Yeah, that was real. That was it. Yeah. And this will happen a number of times. (laughs) By the way, also, according to the Social Security Office, Mary is the single most common female name of the last hundred years. All right. So pretty unimpressive. At that yeah. Point. Yeah. Unimpressive. I'll say That's it. the that word. Doesn't count as evidence per se for me. But, you know, she wasn't wrong, except she that she wrong. was wrong initially and had to move to a different person. <laughs> That's true. She was only it one layer of It would be fun, though, wrong. if she was like, oh, no, wait. You know what? Mary's holding your baby. Oh, wait. Nope. <laughs> Patrick is holding your baby. <laughs> Speaking uh, of which, does someone know a Patrick? Yes. Oh, my God. I liked this one. That's a big net to cast. Does somebody know Anybody a Patrick? Anybody know a Patrick? I kind of like thinking that as we're talking to our audience, hopefully you're all thinking oh, about yeah. Yeah. Do you people have a in Patrick? your life. Are you a Do Patrick? Do you have a Patrick? And some of you are saying, most of you are probably saying, yeah. Do I you know. have a Patrick? I'm really asking. Actually, no. Oh, okay. I have a Patrick. Yeah, no one comes to mind immediately, except for a good friend when I was young. I lived for a year in Santa Paula, and my best friend at the time was Patrick Grimes, and I just found out recently, because we were reading Amy Semple McPherson quotes in a Mm -hmm. recent episode, and I told this to my dad, and he said, oh, well, when we were in Santa Paula, the church that we went to was a four-square church. Oh. I went, whoa, that was kind of a foundational church for me. It's just I was in preschool, Uh so I didn't remember what type of church it was. So I looked it up, and I want to go back there now and see if I can find the old Pastor Grimes, if anyone can connect me to him, so I can find my buddy Patrick, his son, (laughs) son. because that is way too common of a name to Google and you know find on social media. Okay. All right, who's your Patrick? My Patrick is Drew's dad, his name Patrick, Patrick Spears. Okay. This is the other thing, you know, you're thinking like, okay, I know How significant. Patrick. Yeah, like, how, is it supposed to be my dad? Does someone know a Patrick? Right, yeah. does anyone know? Okay, so anyway, this lands for someone who raises their hand, and she says, Patrick says hi. <laughs> <laughs> what? Patrick says hi. That, what? That's it. 
Uh, wait, no, he had one more message. Happy birthday to someone in the family. Okay, who doesn't have someone in their family with a birthday coming up? That Yeah, a birthday that seems close. Uh, if someone still said, hey, by the way, Carrie, I never got to say, happy birthday. My birthday's in July, I'd still be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, because half the year, you know, it's belated, and the other half, it's just early. Yeah. But any time of the year, I would have a family member. I could say, oh, that birthday's coming up. Yep. All right. Now, she got distracted by Patrick, but we need to go back to Mary. Mm -hmm. So going back to the person who landed with the Mary name, she says, you know what? There may also be a Tommy who Mary's a messenger for. And I see alcohol everywhere yeah, around Tommy. One woman had grabbed onto the Tommy. Said, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely no Tommy. So she said, okay, yeah. And I'm seeing the alcohol. And she says, uh, no. <laughs> it's not him. It's a very matter of fact. No. That's, yeah, no, not, definitely not. Not really. Tommy. No. And then Cindy's like, okay, not Tommy. Do you know a Joseph? Truly, she just moves on to the name Joseph. Joey? Joe? Yeah, someone at that table must. And then, yeah, someone's like, yes, I know a Joe. Now, I will say that Cindy, she doesn't switch out the names as quickly as the comical representation of a psychic typically mm-hmm, does. Mm-hmm. So she's not doing the Mary, May, Marge, right. uh, Maybelline. You know, she's yeah. not doing that. She'll give you two, maybe, well, maybe three. maybe it's Mark. Yeah. Yeah, and then she'll swap between them. And she refuses to jump genders. We'll yes. run into that later. That's interesting. Yeah, so she at least sticks with that. Now, just to note, Joseph is the eighth most common name of the last hundred years in okay. the U.S., and Thomas is the ninth. Okay. It's starting to sound like she's been studying these lists. Yeah, it does. So Cindy says that now Joe drinks too much. And I, it just seemed like there wasn't any particular acknowledgement from the table. Just, okay. Yeah, we found a Joe. Okay, great. All right. And then she says, uh, and was he a veteran in the war? Meaning Joe. Right. And the woman says, no. <laughs> okay. She's like, no, I, okay, well, I can see the war. So just hold that piece. There's something there. I keep seeing Agent Orange. So someone else at the table is like, oh. Well, my dad was in Vietnam. Yeah, but it's it keeps jumping around. Every statement takes us to a new person. Right. And Agent Orange is one of those things that if it is a hit, oh, it sounds great. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. How did how'd you know? Yeah, he had an injury from Agent Orange or something. But then if it doesn't, as in this case, there was nothing specific with Agent Orange. Right. She just moves on and talks about other aspects of the war. So she says, okay, oh, okay, yeah, it must be your dad. So Vietnam was an important piece of your dad's life. No <laughs> <laughs> one says, yes. <laughs> I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, he went to war. Wow, <laughs> I can't believe you got that that was important to him. I was in Vietnam, but really it just, it had no effect on it me. kind of boring. Yeah. Like. Pretty forgettable. Yeah. I, hmm, I can't even remember. Yeah. What was that? Hmm. Why did I do that? Oh, the draft. But I do remember the sandwich I had before I left. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. All right. Captain Obvious. Yes. The war was meaningful. And then she says, now, do you have a brother as well? She says, nope. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, well, there's something with a falling out with a brother. Okay, so same table. We're going to start calling this table A because a lot happens at this table. Yeah, busy table. Someone at table A identifies with that, the falling out with a brother. And we're talking about a good 40 plus tables in this joint. Yeah. But she really focuses on this one for table quite a while. Table A, yeah. It is popping. But also, a falling out with a brother. I bet if she'd said that to the whole room, mm-hmm. you'd get 15 hands. Yep. Yep. Everyone can think of that. But, okay, we're at this table. She asks for a falling out with a brother. Someone 
lands with that. And she says, okay, you know what? This whole table should just consider themselves one unit right now because your people are all piling in together. Or because that makes my job much easier. (laughs) Right. So just know that people are healed on the other side. So including the father who I guess is probably has PTSD or something like that. I feel like once or twice she even started to move away from the table, but she would say something to Mm -hmm. get her next person and it would come right back to table A. Yep, yep. (laughs) I think they were enjoying it. Oh, right. They were were giving people. And then she wanted to know if anybody knew a Scotty. And you know what? Table A knows a Scotty. Oh, did he have a message? He says... What does he say? Hi. Oh, hi, hi, Scotty. That's so nonspecific. What the fuck? What are these messages? Actually, uh, Scotty always said, ahoy, hoy. He never said hi. <laughs> so I don't believe So you. that's weird. He wouldn't say hi. <laughs> that would be so great. Someone finally claims Tommy, which is a name that got thrown out a couple steps back. So Cindy says, okay, okay. Tommy wants people to know that he's not alone on the other side. Okay, now, did Tommy pass when he was younger? Sitter says, no. She says, okay, incorrect. Did... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she acknowledged that was incorrect. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Tommy have anything with shotguns, rifles? No. No. Do you know who Richard is? (laughs) Richard, again, seventh most common U.S. male name. No. Now, I really like this lady because it was just so matter of fact. It's not, nope. I'm not trying to take you down, but right, you're just, but you're wrong. Nope, can't give you anything there. But someone from further away claims a Richard. Oh, and did she have a message from Richard? Yes, Richard <laughs> <laughs> says hi. Hi from Richard. Oh my God, hi Rich. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, now it's laughable. Yes. Too yes, many it people is. have just said Hi. Hi. And that is the totality, the sum of their message from, you know, we finally made a connection. Yes, uh, from beyond the grave. I finally get to talk to you again. I'm so excited. Hi. (laughs) Like if if I could finally talk to my wife again or my son. Like Amelia Earhart comes through and you're like, what happened? And she's like, how do you? (laughs) Hi. Howdy, howdy. I'm Amelia. God. Uh, but Richard says hi, great. And then she said, you know, it could be that he's so polite. He's letting other people come in first, you know, oh, say, yeah. oh, you go first. And the sitter seems to think, no, that's not Richard's bed I, I have an important message for them, but you know, I don't want to take up too much time. I'm just going to say hi. And let these others through. I'm going to hand the baby over. Uh, oh, yeah. And but, then let the others through. But she shot that down like, no, he was not polite. Yeah, totally. Okay, so then Cindy's like, ooh, I can't figure out why I can't tap into it. And it's it's not that he's not here, because I know he's here. So I just want you to know that. We're condensing a lot here as yeah. well in the retelling, because when she wouldn't get what she wanted, Cindy would kind of grab her forehead, mm-hmm. and she'd make those noises. Oh, and God, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, she'd kind of look around wildly and gesticulate and walk around the stage and stop and kind of hmm and pivot. So she was always just kind of working, oh, how do we make this work? So there yeah. was quite a performance. performance. Performative uncertainty. Mm-hmm. But she repeated, hi from Richard again. There's evidence. Oh, he is polite. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> and then she got a new name, a Sue or Susan. 
which by the way, and I'm sure this is just a coincidence, is the seventh most common female name of the last hundred years in the US. <laughs> okay, yeah, most yeah. of these have been a very high ranking names. Yep. But there is a woman at table A named Sue. Wait, what? She's alive now? Oh my God. So there must be a message for Sue in this it case. Would have been more impressive if it were a boy named Sue. Oh, true, like the Johnny Cash song? Uh Uh-huh. One of my favorite things that's ever been said about a parent was said by his daughter, Roseanne Cash, is that her name? Rosanna? Something like that. It's okay, we'll Google it. You don't need to email me. But I heard her interviewed on NPR, and the interviewer said, so, I mean, everyone thinks their parents are lame. Did you think your dad was lame? And she Hmm. said, oh, well, you're right. Everyone thinks their parents are lame. But my dad was Johnny Cash. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) She really didn't. She didn't think her dad was lame. (laughs) Uh, okay, so this woman at the table A is named Sue. Okay, um, okay, Sue, do you understand a male in the living who's struggling with addiction right now? <laughs> Carrie gives me this look like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, low-hanging fruit. Yeah, you know what? For once, I'm going to ask for emails. I want you to email us if you can't think of any living male in your greater orbit who is dealing with addiction right now and you live in the United States. Yes. Not uncommon. Okay, but Cindy's happy with this. She says, that's what I missed. Okay, there's lots of love and support on the other side coming around him. I know he keeps going to rehab. He feels like nothing's working. He's depressed. But sometimes you got to cut the cord and take distance. And, you know, if that happens, he has a team on the other side helping him. So God bless you. And people applauded for that. And finally, we had something more than, hi. (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) So... This brings up one of the things that I think is the hardest to deal with, with uh, mediums. I think probably the the psychics who believe and the ones who don't both pull this gimmick where it's like, well, even if that's not true, I'm telling you something that I think is helpful. I gave them some encouragement. But you don't actually know that. You don't know what that person needs. It's this like very narcissistic trust in your own ability to like immediately figure out the situation for this utter stranger. Yeah. And... It didn't convey any new information. Right. It was ever so shallowly helpful. Right. Even if it could have been helpful. Yeah. But here we go. Now she says, okay, all right. Now I'm looking towards the back of the room in the center. Mm-hmm. There's a, a pole back there. Someone near that pole. I'm I'm sensing a Margot, Aunt Margot. And the two women to your right, I hear one of them say to the other, like, oh, that's not a common name. Yeah, so they're, she's right. They're paying attention to how common these names are. Mm-hmm. And we think, yeah, okay, Margot, that's far down that list. Can't uh, wait to see who has a Margot. That's in the hundreds. And Anyone in the back. Uh, and I'm sensing, okay, she was a chain smoker, tons of cigarettes. Margot, who's got Margot? Anybody uh, going mm- once, going twice. <laughs> yeah, I literally said going once. <laughs> And it was just this awkward, and at this point, this already feels like a bad set of readings. I think the crowd feels it. We feel it. We're all feeling a little embarrassed for her. Already, we've ruled out hot readings. There's no hot reading going on in this room. So you got to give her that. Yep. But you can take something back as well, which is she's not performing too well in this moment. And so we're just sitting there, and there's crickets. Nobody's responding to Margot. 
so finally one person by that poll says that her grandfather had a similar name. <laughs> oh, like, thanks for trying, but I can't turn a woman into a man. Yeah, yeah. So, so she keeps uh, going for it. Okay, maybe it was just my direction that was off. I'm sensing there's there's chain smoking. I'm even, this is more specific, a tracheotomy. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm getting that mental image of, you know, someone with a hole in their throat, but smoke coming out of it. Yeah, does anyone know this? Nope. And she's this, like, oh, I really feel the name Margot, maybe March. This takes half a minute, and she's just like reaching out there. Anybody, yeah, then she's gonna change the name a little bit. Okay, yeah, maybe it's Marge. And finally, so it, someone actually did have a Margot. Yeah, her mom was Margot, but her oh, mom was, right. a, was like it was. A, a hospice, like so, a care person. She'd taken care of a woman who met that description. Yeah, I think it was like. Aunt Margot took care of Grandma. Grandma did indeed have a tracheotomy. So yeah, if we so, introduce okay. like the degrees of Kevin Bacon, <laughs> right. yes, we can find uh, this feels closer a trajectory a that does happen to end up at Kevin Bacon. Right, right, but right. in between it hits Margot and this chain smoking lady. But I mean, in this case, I was like, okay, you know, fair enough that you'd be like, Aunt Margot's coming through, and to prove it, she's giving you a picture of your grandma who had a fairly unusual circumstance. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm going to count that one as maybe her best hit. Okay. But yeah, admit it, what's also weird is that her standards just seem to be so wobbly. I can see in another moment her being like, no, I can't count that. It has to be exactly what I said. Oh, right. Yeah, but I think after that long struggle to get out of Margot, yeah. she needed something to bolster her credibility just a little bit. All right, so she says, so is someone a nurse, a military nurse in a war? And she said, yes, her grandmother. Oh, Yeah. This is pretty good. And uh, she detected a nervous condition or someone who had a lot of anxiety. And she said, I feel from the spirit side more than from the physical side. And I'm not a doctor. I don't don't diagnose. I don't diagnose. This became a refrain. What person is like, no, I've never experienced anxiety. So I guess from now on, if she came away from this evening having felt like this was a real connection, she can then say, oh, I'm feeling anxiety. But that's from the other side. It's not from the three projects I have due tomorrow. Is that an improvement, though? Not sure. Anyway, we all applauded at that. Mm -hmm. We got in the habit of just like applauding after every reading is done. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then afterwards, she told her, oh, also, by the way, hi from Jimmy. Hi. (laughs) Hi. What the hell? So she didn't do the search for Jimmy. It was just sort of a, I'm assuming there's a Jimmy. And I and he says And if you hi. don't stand up and say, I do not know a Jimmy. <laughs> then then oh, we're moving on and I get credit for Jimmy. All right. So we're moving on. She's still pulled to that back area by the pole. Um, a dead woman comes in. And this woman had OD'd from a sleeping pill addiction. Oh, wow. And she's getting a name like Sammy, Samantha. No one's quite matching up with this. Okay. Someone back there by the pole. No. It's not the most common name either. Sammy, yeah. Samantha. Okay. They're both top 50 names, For but we're finally out of the top 10. Okay. So then finally a woman near a pole back there says, well, my daughter's name is, is Sammy, but she's alive and obviously hasn't overdosed on sleeping pills. <laughs> she's like, okay, but did your daughter lose anybody this way? Okay. All right. We've uh, added an additional expansion factor. Right. Sitter says, uh, no, not from pills. She says, okay, but you understand overdose. Yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> like, with all of these lateral moves that she'll make, these little e- expanding criteria, I think of that story of the man talking to the king with the chessboard and saying, you know, rather than half your kingdom, I'll take one grain of rice, you know, but we're going to uh, double the grains of rice oh, on the second... Uh-huh 
we're going to double that again for the third square and double that again. And it's a lesson in exponential growth. Right, right. By the end, the grains of rice outnumber the stars in the sky. I tried to pull that on my mom when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, she wanted me to wash the dishes. And I never had chores, which is mind-boggling looking back. But anyway, I'll do it if you pay me. But you only have to pay me one penny. But every time I do it, I want you to give me double the amount that you gave me last time. And she's like, mm-mm. I know where this is going. No, no, no. You just learned this in school. And I also learned it in school. <laughs> I, I feel like Cindy is so often, you know, she's already started on the fourth, fifth square. Mm-hmm. And then she finds these little ways to extend it to the, the sixth square, the seventh square. Oh, we found a yep, hit. Cool. Yep, yep, yep. And we've forgotten the journey we've made. Exactly. So, okay, Cindy goes on. I know you're saying not pills, and I believe you, but I can't change what I'm seeing. I, I guess I could have misinterpreted slightly. There should have been some sort of addiction to pills at some point in the mix. Well, <laughs> oh yeah, but but there is a message here. There's an important <laughs> message that I need to convey to your daughter, Sammy. <laughs> the woman who we have not decided who she is, says hi (laughs) to your daughter, Sammy. (laughs) Because Sammy can get the word to this woman's family or friends. Does that make sense? Yeah, the word is hi. (laughs) And the sitter says, no. And Cindy says, are you sure? And she says, yes. (laughs) And he's like, okay, well, I didn't hear your daughter's name for no reason. So I'm trying to figure out why this woman is giving me your daughter's name. Has your daughter ever said she sees dead people? She says, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, this is so weird. She would say this a lot when she wasn't getting hit. She'd say, oh, this is so weird. Okay, well, I'm just going to trust the spirit world. All right. Uh, They're giving me this message for a reason. Oh, by the way. Do you know who Robert is? And the sitter, who I think at this point is like a little <laughs> aggrieved, is yeah. like, yes, I know a Robert. <laughs> you get a variety of responses from the people in the audience. And this was one of the people who was thinking, all right, this come on, this is not impressive what is happening right Right, now. right. And clearly, I do know of someone who overdosed, and I don't appreciate you using it as a little pawn in your show. Yeah. Oh, a pawn moving from one square <laughs> to the next. Exactly. By the way, Robert... Third most common name in the U.S. for men. Hey, I just got a great idea for a TV show. Okay. All right. So you have like a one-year-old and you take this one-year-old to visit various psychics Mm -hmm. and you just get the readings for the one-year-old. The title of the show is Babysitter. (laughs) (laughs) We have to make that show now. See? That's pretty good. Why did I have my fallopian tubes removed? How are we going to make this show? Oh, no. If you have a baby and you're willing to have your baby grow up in a very absurd way, let us know. So Cindy says, so you know a Robert. She says, yeah, but he's alive. That's fine. At least I know I'm with you. I know that the message is for you. Maybe the message will be clearer later. Thank God Robert didn't say hi. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, well, yeah, Robert's alive. (laughs) Okay. I actually, I kept waiting for that to happen. Her to kind of forget and say hi from someone in the living. (laughs) That could have been, I bet it has happened. I bet it has happened too. There was a connection that she found at the next table. Oh, that's right. The cosmetology school lady. Yeah. How did that come through? 
So I think she was still talking to the unimpressed sitter, and she said, and, and is there also a connection to cosmetology school? And this, you know, exhausted woman is like, no. And then at the table next to her, someone raises their hand, and she says, oh, I'm, I'm me, cosmetology school. She's like, oh, okay, one table over, okay. And then she said, oh, yeah, well, I, I just wanted to tell you, you are going to do great there. Have fun. Which anyone, I could have said that to her. <laughs> Totally. And then the sitter says, well, no, I'm not in cosmetology school. We're going to. I'm a cosmetologist. (laughs) She's like, oh, okay, that's fine. And I like this. The woman was blonde and she said, did you have purple hair at one point? Again, pretty easy guess. For someone who's a cosmetologist. Though I got to (laughs) say. Cheers on this woman. cosmetology lady was a little bit of a pedant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think intentionally. Because at first she was like, huh, purple, no. Well, it was mauve. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the audience got a little bit of a chuckle out of that. Like, okay, okay, yeah. That's a a a hit, hit, sure. For sure. So Cindy's like, that's fine, that's fine. But, you know, there's something about you using your ability to make people feel beautiful, maybe when they're in end of life or something. And she's like, oh, yeah, I did that for my aunt. She died of brain cancer and I did bleach her hair, uh, what was left of it, and she felt like she looks like Amber Rose. That was, I think, one of the sweeter moments. Yeah. She made that connection, and Cindy said, well, you should do more of that uh, because you're really good at it. Yeah. Oh, well, that's nice. But have you ever dyed your hair purple, Carrie? Not purple. I've had red and pink. Okay. Oh, you know what? I think I did have purple hair. I think I did when I first met Drew. I think I had purple hair shortly after that. I think so. You know what? That hair says hi. (laughs) That makes sense because it's in the afterlife now. All right. So then a Charlie arrives for the the same sitter. Charlie. Oh, that's uncommon. Now Cindy's like, "Uh, is there a Charlie's? Does that resonate for you? Now guess what is the 10th most common name in the United States, Ross? I'm going to go with Elbert. Nope. (laughs) It's Charles. Oh, weird. I know. Huh. Okay. And she says, and uh, Charlie had lung cancer. Now, this is a good guess. <laughs> yeah, she got that far. She named, not only is there Charlie, but he had lung cancer. Okay. Right. Yeah. And this woman didn't know a Charlie. Yep. You got to wait <laughs> before you dump that second thing in. Y- yeah, normally she does. Normally you uh, you wait to get confirmation on the Charlie first, so you run around the room until you find Charlie. Right. Then you go for the lung cancer. She tried to get bold, and as happened most of the times that evening when she got bold she got slapped down yep it was a rough night by the way lung cancer second most common cancer diagnosed in the u.s according to oh, well. the nih that's how i lost my grandfather oh sorry mm. lizzie charlie nope oh so then she's like does anyone else know a charlie with lung cancer actually i see a boat i see the sea Ooh, this is fun i think it's charles darwin yeah the boat the sea, the sea. did he smoke No, I I looked it up. He died of congestive heart failure. Okay. So someone in the back did have an Uncle Charlie, but no connection to the boat or the sea. Okay. She keeps seeing his compass. She's like, no, I see it. I'm sure it all has to fit. It all has to fit. And he's like, I don't know. Like, the Charlie lives in another part of the planet, and I never (laughs) really knew him. She's like, oh, well, maybe you're going to take a boat to go see where he lived. Yes. Okay. Yeah, this is... (laughs) 
goodness, yeah, committing someone to international travel <laughs> right. to follow your weird little hunch at a comedy club. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, this is another thing that she could do to get out of an awkward situation is say, well, go research that. Right. And I've seen John Edward, the psychic, does that one quite a bit. Oh, that didn't hit with you? Well, guess what? You need to go do some research. You're going to find out it's true. And guess what? No one will ever be able to correct me that I was wrong. Right. Because we are in a show right now. We're in an audience. and uh, You are not famous and I am. There is no opportunity for follow-up right. on this conversation. Um, but it looks like a hit for me. Right. In Ian Rowland's book, The Full Facts of Cold Reading, Oh yeah, he talks about that exact the, thing. The de facto text on the subject of cold reading. Yes, yes. It's very good. And there is a portion on just make it fit by saying it fits, but somehow you don't know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you can vary between these different tactics, you can have a whole set. Right. At a comedy club. Totally. <laughs> So then she's trying to find a Maria with the same guy. Do you also know a Maria? He's like, no. I just met a girl named Maria. Did you really? No. Oh, how can And you solve a suddenly I know right. how wonderful a name can be. That's a good show. So someone at the next table is like, ah, oh, I have an Aunt Maria. And guess what Aunt Maria <laughs> wanted to say? She says, hi. <laughs> it sounds like we're kidding. We are not. We're not leaving out other important messages. It's just most people struggled for minutes to establish this tenuous connection, playing charades through the psychic to say hi. Mostly. Uh, this one did have an additional message. Okay. Don't be a hypochondriac because our family lives a long time. Oh, yeah. Th- uh, this was kind I, of a fun one. Yeah, and I, I lived a long time, so you don't need to worry. And the sitter was like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of a germaphobe. Oh, yeah. Th- right. Things are cleaner in this day and age. And right, if I live so long, then you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's all right. All right. Actually, that was one of the better moments. Oh, but wait, Carrie, I'm, get- yes. I'm getting a name Starts with a starts with a Q. Ooh, That's unusual. Uh, Quentin. Quistle. Qu- Actually, I got I got to say, she at least didn't do that. She didn't do the letter and then right. expand from the letter. Totally. But I'm doing that because I've got the Q. Qu- mm. Qu- Queen. Queen. Quester. No? Qu- closer. Sequester. Qu- no. Um, quip. Shorter. Quip. 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 No. Quip? Yes. Quip. You had it at quip. quip. I'm getting a message from Quip. Quip wants you to know that it is... I do know a quip. I have a quip. Do you? Yeah. I'm sensing there's white room, there's porcelain, there's hmm. a basin. Yes, uh, does yes. This, does, this is my bathroom. Does this make any sense to you? This is my okay. bathroom. Okay, and there's running water. Yes. Oh my God, yes. Okay, okay. Well, Quip has a message for you. Okay. All right. So the best way to ease back into your post-summer routine okay. is to start it up in September especially if you're going back to school, and to simplify your morning okay. and and evening. Yeah, I'm sensing like two times a day with a, a simpler electric toothbrush. And this is from Quip, this message that I have for you. Oh, well, that's weird. I already have a Quip, so I don't really know why I'd be telling me all of that. Oh, maybe, maybe it's for someone else. Does anybody else oh, not have a Quip? Probably. Well, if you don't and you enjoy sleeping in, you want to ease into the swing of your day with a smile. I know how to do it. You want one of the Quip toothbrushes. Then you can be like us. I brush my teeth twice a day with a Quip. See? Quip features sensitive sonic vibrations, a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides and help you to clean your whole mouth evenly. And we've told you before, it's battery-powered. It doesn't have the clunky charger Mm-mm. or the cord or anything like that. Mm-mm. It doesn't sit there blinking at you all night. It runs for three months on a single charge. 
It really does. And brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just five buckaroos. They really do. And you get a friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh and to stay committed to your oral health. So, Quip is perfect for getting back into a routine, and it starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash ohno, O-H-N-O, right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack for free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash oh no. Quip says hi. <laughs> I'm seeing like a beautiful green pair of shoes, but I'm also seeing water bottles. Oh, that's but also like very specific. I know. Okay, uh, stay with me though. Like also okay. something that's formal, but is like is also every day. Okay, something that's comfortable yet stylish. I know this sounds this crazy. Forming no, th- no, this sounds right <sighs> to me. I think you're referring to shoes. Yes. Oh, this is a pair of shoes. Is saying hi. It's coming through. Normally, the plastic bottle would have thrown me off, but funny enough. Rothy's is a shoe brand that happens to make their footwear from reclaimed plastic bottles. Oh my God. I can't believe that came to me from the spirit world. I definitely didn't have that information before. But now that you say that, I think they want me to tell you that they are everyday flats for life on the go. They're stylish. They're versatile. They go with everything from yoga pants to dresses and skirts. Also, since Rothy's are seamlessly crafted from recycled water bottles, they're ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on. You don't have to break them in. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. And I'm picturing them like just diverting a bunch of water bottles from landfills, like as many as like 25 million water bottles. Oh, that's fantastic. For one pair of shoes? Uh, no, the company. Oh, okay, good. Because so, that would be really wasteful. Yeah, sorry, it's something not that great. We <laughs> we burn them down into a moldering pile. <laughs> One pair is eight million dollars. <laughs> okay, that is not true. They are far more efficient. Also, they are manufactured in a zero waste facility, and they ship directly in the shoe box. We really appreciate this. Oh, yes. None of these extra boxes inside of boxes. No, thank you. So check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash oh no. Go to rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash oh no to get your new favorite flats. Comfort, style, sustainability. These are the shoes you've been waiting for. So head to rothys.com slash oh no today. Okay, Carrie. So how how is Cindy doing at this point? Oh, gosh. I wouldn't even necessarily give this experience a C so far. I don't feel like it even matches like my average psychic experience. I feel bad saying that, but I yeah. think that's true. What we've met with various psychics, performers, yeah. yeah, and we've seen this show go down different ways and this is bad Bad. enough that i'm feeling uncomfortable for For her her, yes but at the same time it's kind of funny and i feel we're getting enough vibe from the audience that i feel comfortable enough to kind of look at the people next to me Uh and sort of give them that look like "Ooh, pretty bad huh? this is rough and the lady who was right next to me reminded me a little bit of my uh, grandma rose but she would uh, look over at me and she had sort of uh, large protruding eyes a bit, and she would give me this exasperated look like, oh, I feel you, buddy. Yeah. And she's got her book on the pets in the afterlife. She'll kind of lean forward and look over at me sideways like, you getting this? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting this. And I think she went in a believer. I think she probably left a believer, too. But even she was not persuaded. I'm starting to think like, oh, if I did believe in psychic phenomena, I might come away here being a little more a little skeptical. More suspicious, Yeah. 
So now a murder victim's coming through. Does anyone at this table over here or nearby know someone who was murdered? Oh, yeah. I see a gunshot wound. Yeah. I, I can't change it. It's a gunshot wound. This was another refrain of hers. I can't change it. Can't change so it. I, it's out there. I put it out there. I mean, respect on one hand. She's mm-hmm. taking a bold leap and she's not going to back down from it. And on the other hand, woof. So <laughs> a guy nearby is like, well, my brother was shot, but he isn't dead. She's like, well, that's not it. I'm not going to force it. Someone was murdered. Who was it? Now, this person was scared before they were murdered. Whoa. That, Whoa. that narrows it down quite a bit. Do you understand that? And someone yeah. said, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so I feel like there was a there's a situation here. The picture's becoming clearer for me. There were two men and there was a plot and there were drugs and money involved. Mm. Someone was trying to get him and or the, get to him. And the sitter's like, No. Are you sure this is an absolute no? Yes. Uh, he got in a bar fight and the other guy shot him, but he didn't know him and it wasn't about drugs. <laughs> and usually Cindy would stop someone from giving that much information. Yeah, true. She's desperate at this point, probably. And, and Cindy lets out like a loud sigh. <sighs> like, oh, this is so difficult. Jesus Christ. He said, oh, okay, do you know William? <laughs> do you know William? <laughs> or Williams? Which, to her credit, should be so easy. Who doesn't know a William, a Will, a Willie, or someone whose last name is Williams? But also this is offered as a quick getaway when yeah. something's not working out. Okay, I'm going to find some other route to kind of get around this current hurdle and then we'll work our way back to it. Right. Apropos of nothing, do you know a Willie or a William? And amazingly, the sitter's like, nope. <laughs> And then Sydney's like, I know what I'm getting is working. I, I can't change it. There's a gunshot wound, drugs. Uh, uh, William, uh, gosh. Now, by the way, William is the fifth most common name in the last 100 years in the U.S. Okay. And Williams is the third most common surname in the U.S. So you'd think uh, if you're working from some kind of actuarial table, these are good guesses. And then Cindy says... I don't believe it. The name William has got to be in here somewhere. Someone's got to know William. Come on. I cast a very large net with this one. (laughs) Statistically. (laughs) One of you knows a William. So finally, someone says they know a William. Yeah, this was excruciating. This was, I think, even longer than the Margot incident, where she's just floundering up there on stage like, somebody, please, William, gunshot, all of it's there. I see it. It has to be real. But no one's claiming it. Well, someone tries to throw her a lifeline, says, I know a William. And she's like, nope, everything has to tie in. The gunshot, everything. Well, okay. All right. Then stand there and walk around the stage, I guess. Yeah, and then someone had a dad named William and her uncle was murdered but the rest of the story doesn't really bear any relevance and nope nope that's not it but then Cindy would say those other things is that a hard no or is it like like I don't know I don't know because if you give me some wiggle room I can work with the I don't know right and insert in your ignorance my suppositions and then the sitter's like I guess it's an I don't know I mean it was a long time ago and Cindy's like that counts (laughs) okay Uh, yeah. Anyway, more of that. She keeps, like, trying to say, okay, you know, I see a vigilante. I see someone trying to get revenge. There's, like, nope. Someone behind bars? Nope. (laughs) And now, like, people are trying to help her. Someone from the audience is like, could it be the name of the person who shot him? (laughs) Yeah, because we probably don't know his name. Yeah, you could just claim it is. Mm -hmm. Let me help you. And Cindy says, I'm okay with that. Yeah, all right. I'm going to do is I'm going to go to somebody else and we'll come back. 
Okay. Okay, all right. Thank Whatever you need to God. do. So now the name Dorothy comes in, the 15th most common female name in the U.S. Okay. And this is a hit for someone whose best friend's mom was named Dorothy. Okay. Now, here's the big show. Guess what Dorothy has to say? Dorothy says hi. She says hi. <laughs> Why are these people even showing up? <laughs> Go to heaven. Yeah. We'll assume you all say, say hi. hi. <laughs> okay, and then somehow she like sees this as success and is like, okay, cool, we did that. Back to William. Are you kidding me? We forgot about William. Move on. You successfully diverted our attention. No, we're going to go back. Okay. And she's like giving more details about this murder and it was like in the papers and I'm seeing the bullet casing. Did someone find the bullet casing? She's like, Not that I know of. And she's like, well, do some research. I think they did. Okay. Which is a good guess because usually that's part of a murder investigation. Sure. Is matching the guns of the casing, et cetera. But my favorite thing she said during this one is she said... I feel like there were two people involved. <laughs> Let me count them. Okay, so there was a guy who just got shot. The murderer. Let's follow the bullet back. Where did it come from? There's a gun. Oh. The gun is in a hand. The hand is on an arm. The arm is on a second person. <laughs> There's a murderer and a murderee. Two people. Okay. okay yeah. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's pretty smart. <laughs> So now a woman is coming through, and it's like a sister or a close female friend. She's mm-hmm. not sure who it's for, but at the time, she was diagnosed with a blood cancer. Oh, that's right. Blood cancer, yeah. Mm, but misdiagnosed initially. You know what? Is it the name Gretchen? That's a pretty unusual guess, Gretchen. Yeah. And as she said it, there was this big feedback boom on her microphone. Oh, right. And Which- she said, hi, Gretchen. Which I had seen her do in one of her other videos. There was a little bit of technical Uh, feedback, and she used that as an excuse to be like, oh, here they are. mm -hmm. So she's talking about Gretchen dying, and Carrie and I look at each other as she's trying to make this fit for this person. The person doesn't know a Gretchen, doesn't know someone with leukemia, so this isn't quite working. So someone tries to throw her a lifeline and say, could it be Greta? Mm -hmm. So I immediately think of our poor dearly departed Greta.com, which used to have transcripts of our show, yeah, which was fantastic. Run by and, volunteers. And unfortunately, it went away. But now I'm thinking about Greta.com, <laughs> and as she's saying things that are vague, I can kind of make them fit the website. Uh-huh. And so I start chuckling, thinking about the- Greta, who died in a terrible crash. The poor- <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. a website crash, right? Right. So I start chuckling, and the woman to the right of me, she looks over with that sideways glance, and she starts chuckling. (laughs) You guys lost it. I couldn't stop. It was bad. You guys became very good friends in that moment. I'm laughing hard, and she's (laughs) laughing hard, and we're both trying to like keep our heads down and not look at each other. (laughs) Oh, it was so bad. Yeah, and I was just telling my brain, please stop. Stop connecting this to (laughs) Greta.com. So there is someone who has a cousin who died of leukemia, doesn't know a Gretchen, doesn't know a Greta, but someone next to her knows a Gretchen. So somehow that's relevant. I'm glad you were paying attention while I was busy (laughs) laughing. I missed a lot here. So now it's just like, you know a Gretchen, a woman next to you knew someone who had leukemia. We're going to treat you as if you're the same person. And then Cindy says, the person with cancer didn't get diagnosed until later, uh, which is, yeah, I mean, like, leukemias often get diagnosed late okay. they're very fast moving. And she says, but she went out with grace. She believed in God. She's at peace. So don't be angry. And, oh, what's that? 
the lawsuit can be dropped if that oh, okay. means anything. And it didn't seem to mean anything. There was no response. Poor Cindy. She's dropping I so many know. things that on a She's normal night, so hard. you would get maybe a third of them. But those would be yeah. really good hits. Yeah, and but also drop them one at a, at a time, hun. Yeah. Don't combine Gretchen and lawsuit. And they're all failing tonight. Yeah. yeah. You want one thing that would be an amazing hit and yep. then a bunch of very easy things yeah. surrounding it. Uh, one of my favorite moments, she said, does the name Scooter mean anything to anyone? Oh, yeah. And you were one of maybe three people in the room who raised their hands. I think there were good like four or five of us. Okay. But yeah, but I do think a lot of them were at the same table. So maybe they had the same Scooter. And I raised my hand like, oh, Scooter Libby. I remember him from the George <laughs> W. Bush administration. <laughs> So a few of us raise our hands and she's like, oh, okay, that's a lot of people. So I'm thinking like, oh, good. Like I'm going to get piggyback on this yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. So I had that morning, a dog had left my apartment who had been staying with me for three days. My okay. friend Matt and Mary's dog, Scooter. Whoa. And she said something about Scooter having neck troubles and Scooter wears a collar, not a harness. Oh, my and goodness. And is always pulling. So he does get, start, you know, he gets that dog cough okay. from, a, from a, a tough collar. Okay. So I'm thinking like, yeah, oh, my gosh. And I'm thinking this is going to be great. She's going to call me and I'll be like, yeah, my friend Scooter, he's 12. He was actually staying with me this weekend, you know, and she won't realize it's a dog and we'll see where this goes. Yeah, yeah. But she started talking to these other people. She wasn't calling on Carrie. No. So these other people are like, yeah, we have a scooter. She says, okay, okay. Um, I feel like he's connected to someone who had a heroin or opioid overdose. Is that true of the dog you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay. That I don't know. So then the, the sitter says, um, maybe, you know, he's, he's my brother and he's adopted. So maybe his family of origin, hard to know. She's like, okay, that makes sense. Well, <laughs> this person had neck trauma. They were prescribed pills. They got addicted. Uh, so does, does that make sense? And the sitter's like, I mean, not really. Well, she's sending healing to the family and it can happen to anyone. It's like you're comforting me about a person I've told you does not exist. Yeah, but you've opened up just a window of possibility that this person could exist if you did extra work to go hunt them down. Right. And so and I'm going to comforting me. And now you're probably worried about them, and I'm giving you comfort to not worry about this potential person who might exist. It or obviously not. isn't this harmful, but it kind of reminds me of this recovered memory movement where it's like, I've created a problem, I've created this horrible memory, but mm. also don't worry, it's okay. <laughs> okay thanks it's so malicious I, I guess i've given you some new deep emotional scarring and a, and a light salve to go on top <laughs> right? of it so then cindy asked if scooter has a daughter yet she said yet which i thought was interesting so that gets her out if you say no Scooter mm-hmm. says yes and she says uh good because i saw him holding a daughter but scooter is holding the daughter in the afterlife I think that was just a psychic thing instead of a medium thing. Yeah. Every once in a while she'd tell us, no, this is a psychic oh, reading. that's true. And she mentions that I am a psychic and a medium. So mm-hmm. I can not only, as a medium, I can see the dead and, and communicate and with human, them. as a human, I can see the living. <laughs> but also at the same time as a psychic, I can look into the past, the present, and the future. Yeah. And it's very convenient because if I accidentally say that someone's dead, I can just tell you. 
go. Oh, yeah, sorry. Just temporarily shifted out of space time. Yep. So now the first light goes off. So anyone who's performed in a club, you know, there are a couple lights that go off that warn you, hey, your time's about to wrap up. And Mm. often there'll be two to three lights. Oh, yeah. So this light goes off and uh, she's like, oh, was that the first light or the second light? And they said the first light. And she's like, oh, good. I have a long ways to go. And I'm like, We're thinking, honey. This would be a great time to wrap are up. Are you kidding? The most dead thing in this room is you on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Be done. Yeah, you've really wanted it for her and for us. There's no reason to extend this Poor performance. Woman. I know how it feels to bomb. It's painful like just let it end it's okay it's okay and we're there for you nobody in this room is saying like please give us more right please sir can i have some more yeah have confidence and be like what a great night bye nope we're gonna keep going yeah then she fished for a a woman who was interested in occultism and magic that was an interesting read and someone finally grabbed onto that it, it wasn't a strong hit, but yeah, we, we got at least finally somebody who was a little quirky spiritually. She ended with a, a God bless you to them. But they hadn't sneezed. Weird. <laughs> then there was a Hank coming through. Um, oh, yeah. And she was saying like, Hank, Hanky, pan- Hanky, Panky. Yeah. At this point, she's just like, oh, I'm riffing a little bit here. Let's see what happens. And a woman in the front raises her hand. and She's like, oh, my God. Yes! This woman is so enthusiastic. She's actually been into this whole show, I think. (laughs) Uh, And she's like, yes, oh my God, my last name's Panky. And a year ago, I was here with my husband, and you made a hanky-panky joke about us. Oh, wow. Oh, she's a a devotee. Yeah. All right. And uh, Cindy acts like this is like a real big hit. She's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even remember that. Isn't that amazing? All right. Well, then this was a big moment. The next one? Yeah. Yeah. So she started fishing around for a Gary. Yeah, she sensed a father or father-in-law figure, and it was something to do with the will. Something Mm. had gone wrong with the will. And I was thinking, well, my name is Jonas. (laughs) I'm carrying the will. Wait, what's that? From Weezer. Oh, (laughs) Thanks for all you've shown us. Ah. But no, Carrie had a connection to this. So I'm listening, and I'm thinking like, uh, it's close, but not exactly right. So I'm waiting for someone who might be closer, but no one is. And so I'm like, I'm going to help you. So I raise my hand and I say, could it be Carrie? And she's like, Ugh, no, that is so round peg square hole. I'm really hearing the name Gary. Name Gary's really significant. So she keeps fishing around the room. Nobody's getting this. So she's like, remember to think outside the box a little bit. This might be a message for somebody connected to you. And I'm thinking like, I've tried to think outside the box for you. She keeps like mumbling to herself, trying to figure it out. Okay, then she says, there's a man with a white hat on. One of you guys, does this match for you? Nobody's responding. So finally she's like, God damn it, Carrie's my best option. I'm okay, going back. But but who's the Gary? I you're, There's a Gary somewhere here. And you had to struggle for that. Well, so she said, uh, you're sure you don't know the name Gary at all? And I said, me? She said, yeah. I said, I, I, <laughs> oh, yes. I know the name Gary. Oh, that was probably <laughs> the best laugh line of the whole night. Like the whole audience was like, <laughs> she's heard of the name Gary. Yes. And then she said, 
but you said Carrie. And I said, I'm Carrie. And she said, but you know Gary? <laughs> and I said, I've known Gary's. <laughs> and then everyone's laughing at this point. Yeah, that was hilarious. The mic gets passed to me. And I'm like, no, I'm just like, I'm going to help you. I'm sorry. I'm going to give you evidence. Yeah. So I said, so everything else makes sense. But my name's Carrie. So, and this is true. My my dad is totally well, totally healthy, but he's been planning his own death for many years. And what you described regarding his will, that's, that's accurate. Because she had said something about someone being cut out of the will. Right. And she assumed that this was you. Right. So then she said, but there's a Gary mentioned. And I'm like... <laughs> God damn it. And so then I remember, okay, I think my dad did have a cousin named Gary. I think that's right. And so, we're going to talk about him right now. <laughs> right? So I'm like, I mean, I have an uncle. Wait, no. A co- okay, I think my dad's cousin. Yeah, I think my dad's cousin was named Gary. She's like, okay. It's so weird how it's coming through him because your dad is still alive, but he's writing people out of the will, as if this is information I just gave her. Right. Like, yep, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, again, the rest all Correctly makes sense. Correctly restated. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, but there's a mention of Gary. But, okay, we'll get there in a second, okay? So, I keep seeing, is your father a lawyer? Or are there any ties to lawyer? Or there's law in the family? Well, we're talking about a will, so yes, a lawyer was involved. <laughs> right, there's that. I'm like, in the family? No. And she's like, oh, but. And I'm like, one of my best friends is a lawyer, which is yeah. true. Okay. My buddy Matthew. And she said, oh, well, that's awesome. Get your best friend to figure out how to work with this will situation. Like, advice Great. I do yeah. not need. Which we've run into before, I think, of that uh, Crystal Skull episode. It's yeah, what was the advice? It was something very obvious. Yeah, but it was just always, oh, oh, I, I need to get just enough information that I can give you some advice. Buy low, sell high. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That will change your life. It was very easy for me, but it, very profound for you. Right, right. Too bad you hadn't already thought of that on your own. Right. Also, she has somehow interpreted I have a legal problem, which I don't. Right. But also, yes, if I did, I'd go to my best friend lawyer. Like, yes, I don't need, <laughs> like, I'd be like, oh, my God, I have to call someone I'm very close to to help. I mean. But then at some point you did offer that this situation is not to my detriment. Yeah. So, okay. So she says, okay, well, I'm sorry that you're going through this with your dad. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. He's he's fine. He's just bored. <laughs> like, everyone laughs at that. I don't think she's loving that everyone's laughing at all this stuff. And she says, well... At least the show's interesting now. <laughs> yeah. She says, well, that's not a very nice way for him to show his boredom. I'm like, okay, yes? okay, okay. okay, sure. So then someone else, still trying to help her, goes, I know a Jerry. And she's like, mm, that is closer to Gary, which I disagree with. And then she's <laughs> like, is he on the other side? Person says no. She says, interesting and then comes back to me and it's like okay i'm gonna see where i was with carrie and gary okay because this man just came in and he showed me he was exactly like your father right like he had the exact same personality she hasn't told me who she's talking about i don't know how to verify this she's like maybe it's your father's father i said oh i don't know he died before i was born Mm. never met him okay she said oh that's hard (laughs) i guess but it could mean i'm possibly right Right, because she says, because you won't be able to validate it. <laughs> but, oh, wait, do you know who Joe is? Joseph. And, okay, this is a good one. My okay. dad's best friend, who is dead, was named Joe. Okay. It is the eighth most common name in the U.S., but still, 
I'm like, oh yeah, my be- my dad's best friend was named Joe. Okay, okay. She says, she says, okay, and he's on the other side. And I say, yep. And she says, okay, thank you, Joseph. Okay, so I'm with you, Carrie. Okay, so Joseph is here to acknowledge your father, but they must have been really similar. He's your dad's best friend. Their minds are very much alike. And I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, I guess. Why? Why are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, do you understand where I'm going? Because I keep seeing, nope. <laughs> if I'm right with Joseph, he would have understood business, right? He had his own business. He was like a businessman. And I'm like, yeah, he's into some sort of like exporting thing. I, I don't really know. <laughs> That's fine. You don't have to explain it. But he was a very wise businessman. And I'm like, mm-hmm, sure. He ran companies. He did well for himself. And I'm like, yeah, more or less. Sure. You know, sure, like, yeah, like a boom. Really important to share right. information about my dad's friend. <laughs> she says, okay, this is where it gets a little bit deeper. Because what he shows please, me. Please, please. <laughs> just a little bit deeper. Because what he shows me is that they're different. Because your father's very smart, too. He's very smart. True. My dad's very smart. So he says, he's good with numbers. Not true. He's a self-made man. True. So like all this, I'm just like nodding, like, fine, fine, close enough, sure. And she says, the difference between the two of them is that Joe didn't think he had to take it all with him. Okay. I'm like, oh, okay. She says, so please let your dad know he doesn't get to take it all with him. And I'm like, his money? And she said, yeah, the money, writing people out of the will. And I'm like, well, he's leaving everything to me. (laughs) (laughs) He cut out my sibling. So then there's just like a big rolling laugh at like how badly she's doing. <laughs> like, uh, that really is like what the laugh is. We've, like, we've, okay. we've tortured this advice from <laughs> Joe that is completely irrelevant to you. Right. And my dad isn't trying to take it with him. He's literally bequeathing it to his child. <laughs> like, what are you, what is this advice? So, so dad, it's important for you to know. Okay, so I went to a comedy club uh, and... And there, there was a psychic there, funny enough. You know, she had a message from Joe. Remember your friend Joe? Yeah, well, Joe. Your best friend? First of all, you're very similar. Second. <laughs> but also, he learned, now that he's in the afterlife, that he can't take it with him. And that he wants you to know that you can't take it with you. I know that's why I want to leave it to you in the well. Oh. Uh, how are you? <laughs> well, you know what else? He says hi. <laughs> He didn't say hi. Nope, he didn't. I wish he had. So then Cindy was like, okay, I'm not getting involved in that. But you know what? That's the way the message is coming up. So the message must be to you. It's to you. You can't take it with you. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Applause. (laughs) God bless you. Uh, So I got a reading. Yeah. Yeah, that was was exciting. exciting. Yeah. I didn't think either of us would get one. Then at the end, she's starting to wrap up the show. And we're thinking, okay. Phew. Yeah, finally. She says, I think we've got some time for Q&A. And then it's one of those Q&As where she keeps saying one last one and then like two oh, last ones. Literally. Three or four last ones. Yeah, okay. Stop, stop. We'll just do this one and this one. And then she answers both of those. Okay, we'll do one more. And then she and sees then- a few hands go up and it's like she's powerless. She's like, oh, okay. Like, you can deny the hands, lady. Yeah, or you set it up. You said two more. You said, yeah. oh, sorry. That, the next that was two. But I'm thinking, who wants to ask her questions at this point? Ross does. Oh, that's right. I had a question. <laughs> yeah, she was talking to other people, and they were asking various questions about her her gift and how she speaks to people. And I was trying to think, oh, what's a question I could 
ask that would maybe get some more information about how she's picturing all of this going down, mm-hmm. these people on the other side. People are asking stuff about like reincarnation and... How does she handle negative spirits? Oh, yeah. Two people asked about that. Yeah. What I asked was, okay, so you have all these ghosts who seem to be aware of what's going on. They're tapped into our, our lives and the decisions we're making, current events that are going on. Does it frustrate them that they can't communicate more? More clearly More clearly, you, you know, because I'm thinking of all these highs and right. just them struggling to get their names out. Right. You're like, oh, finally, I, oh, I've, got a, I've got a connection. Finally, I can speak to Carrie. And I, I, I'm going to tell her that her dad's cousin is named Gary. <laughs> And so she starts kind of answering that, but not in any specific or interesting way. So I say, you know, like solving murders. What I'm thinking is if even this amount of communication was possible, yeah. there would be no say unsolved. Say Rosebud. Say the one thing we need to know. Exactly. There would be no unsolved murders. Or at least very few. And yet there are many unsolved Oh, murders. yeah, because you're saying like they'd at least come through and just be like, it was Dave. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or check under the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or Good break point. down that wall. That's where I hit it. You know, all of these mysteries right, would go right, away. Right. So she agreed that this was a good question. It was. So she said that that her work is done when people don't need to come to her anymore. So she's trying to get them, you know, kind of the emotional release or assurance that they need just so they won't have to come back. And I think she was mostly saying she wants us all to develop our spiritual abilities so we won't need someone else to talk to the dead for us. Oh, okay. Because we are all psychic. Okay, I thought she was just trying to like establish that uh, she herself had completed the mission for us. But yeah, she does say that sometimes they are frustrated on the other side because just in life they're trying to get our attention but we're not always paying attention. So I'm thinking, you know, they're frustrated because they can't use her too well as a communicator. Mm -hmm. And she's just saying, oh, they're frustrated in general because they're always trying to talk to you and can't. Right, and you're all not listening well enough. Right. But But, it's like, but you are listening, lady. You are, and still it's not coming out so well. Yeah, right. So I was trying to at least suggest that, and she just kind of took it a different way and ran with it. She said that, you know, she just trusts them that they end up getting across what they need to. And uh, the woman next to me uh, turned to the side and said that, well, that was a very good question, and I don't think she answered it. She didn't answer it. That lady was your BFF by the end of this night. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, there there was a question that I couldn't quite make out, but her answer was really interesting to me. She said, you know, I hate it when mediums say to a grieving family, you're keeping the soul of this person trapped in this layer because you're grieving too much. That's horrible. That's completely incorrect. It's BS. It's not true, and it's damaging. Because then you're trying to fight your grief, you know, and and I'm thinking like, that's how I would feel about it too. But again, I wouldn't add this extra like layer of trying to give myself more relevance by saying I'm a medium. Yeah. Like that just comes off so narcissistic to me. Yeah, she's one to comment on, you know, dealing with grieving families to begin with. Right. The most respectful thing to do is to not insert your imagination into their memories. Right. Because the memories are all they have. And right. when you change that, that's that's fairly permanent. Yep. You know, that now that changed memory gets propagated and that becomes the new memory. Yeah. And I think that's insanely rude to insert yourself in that process. And, and could be 
dangerous? Could it end relationships in ways that you have no idea? You might think you said something totally harmless, but in that family with everything they already know and yeah. the narrative they already have built, it could be way more relevant than you think. Right. And especially when you give them that advice to change something about their lives. Right. Sure. Sometimes I'm sure it does produce a positive change mm-hmm. in their lives, mm-hmm. but sometimes I'm sure it doesn't. doesn't. And that is not a cool game to play right? with grieving families. Yeah. You know what it kind of reminds me of is like the cheating spouse who's like, well, I'm not going to tell her because it would just hurt her and what good would it do her? And it's like, well, the good it would do her is that she would have an informed part in your marriage Mm. where she gets to decide if she stays. Right. Yeah. It's taking away people's agency. (sighs) Anyway, that's fun. So a few more questions, none we really need to hash out. But she did also tell us that she's going to have a show coming out on Travel Channel in October. That's exciting. Yes. uh, That's a great channel. Called The Holzer Files, which I guess the Hans Holzer, he was like one of the first ghost hunters in the U.S. Uh, The name sounds familiar. Same, same. I read about him somewhere. Not super familiar. Well, hey, once we watch your show, we'll know all about Exactly. We are going to. And whether he says hi or not. (laughs) Finally, she's like, okay, well, thank you, everybody. Had a great time. Be sure to visit my website, mediumcindykeza.com. We all clap for her. She walks out, and oh, all yeah. of us are like, that was bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was kind of looking at people as we were walking out, yeah. and you can just see that on their like, faces. Like, not, not a great, great night. Not good. So then as we were getting out, you asked me for something. I don't remember what. And I said, Shirley. And you said, that's my grandmother's <laughs> name. That's the first time someone has said a name that matches tonight. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So then as we were walking to our car. I was trying to overhear other people near me and that wasn't working out too well. But I did talk to one other person who we said, you know, what what did you think of tonight? Uh, uh, Not great. I've seen better. Well, yeah, there was a woman. There were two women walking behind us who I turned around and said, what do you think? And I don't know if this is the same people, but they they were also like. Yeah, that was them. And then after you and I parted ways, I went to Target just down the Uh little strip and as I was in there, these two women walked up to me and they were like, hey, aren't you the one with the dad with the will? And I said, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So what'd you think of the show? And they were like, ah, that's so good. But one of them said they had seen her before last year okay. and it was a better night. Okay. So this may have just been a shitty night. Maybe we caught her on a bad night. And then the other one said, you got to see Teresa Caputo. She is amazing. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> So go listen to our Teresa Caputo episode if you yeah. want to hear about that, because we already did it a few That was a ago. fun one, except for all the times that she said that someone had died by suicide and it was an accident. Yeah. Not cool, Oopsie lady. Doodle. You don't make those things up. Nope. Um, Teresa Caputo. Yeah. That, yeah. So, yeah. So maybe this was just a bad night, and I can think of one way we can figure that out. Well, look it up on Google? <laughs> look it up on Google. Or... Show up ourselves. Oh, you think we should go back and see Cindy Kaza again? I do. Let's, so, give, let's give her another shot, see if she gets uh, similar names. Yeah, so she's coming back to our area a little closer to Brentwood mm. tomorrow night. You want to go? I'm in. Let's do it. Let's see if this is any better. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. 
You can find us on social media at Ono Podcast on Twitter. But by the way, I'm taking a social media break, so you won't find me. Ha ha! All right, you can also find us on Facebook.com slash Onrack, O-N-R-A-C. I spend more time there, and we post lots of things, pictures, links, other fun stuff. Yeah. Go there to the internets. You'll love it. And you can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. And remember, if you're Cindy Kaza, we have a message for you. Hi. Hello, this is Amy Mann. And I'm Ted Leo. And we have a podcast called The Art of Process. We've been lucky enough over the past year to talk to some of our friends and acquaintances from across the creative spectrum to find out how they actually work. And so I have to write material that makes sense and makes people laugh. I also have to think about what I'm saying to people. If I kick your ass, I'll make you famous. The fight to get LGBTQ representation in the show. Mm -hmm. We weirdly don't know as many musicians as you would expect. I really just became a political speechwriter by accident. Realizing that I have accidentally uh, hold my pants down. <laughs> Listen and subscribe at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast. It's like if the guinea pig was complicit in helping the scientist. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.